Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Video killed the video star. I'm Rebecca Lieb. I'm Jason Horton. And this is Ghost Town. The attacker that has been identified as the woman that came here and opened fire on YouTube uh, has been identified as a woman that was making YouTube videos. It was her father that told authorities, warning them that she hated the company and the family before the shooting happened, reached out to authorities, asking them to check on her before this shooting took place. The shots rang out just before 1 p.m. Tuesday, lunch hour for hundreds of workers at YouTube's headquarters. We have a report of... Subject with a gun. They heard seven to eight shots being fired. This will be from the YouTube building. On April 3rd, 2018, Nassim Agdam, 38, went on a shooting spree at YouTube headquarters in San Bruno, California, injuring three people before turning the gun on herself. A 36-year-old man was injured and two women age 32 and 27, and there was another injury of somebody fleeing and hurting their ankle, but uh, there, was, there was three more critical injuries. And this one is, we talked about doing this one, and then mm-hmm. I put it off, and then I revisited it again, and I think, because it is pretty, I mean, it's pretty pretty dark, yeah. it, very recent, which yes. is kind of not my jam when it comes to these. I, I like things a little more on the historic side. Mm-hmm. But this one kind of felt a little bit personal to me because of all the work I've done with mm-hmm. YouTube over 11 years. Yeah. And I might not have found myself doing something like this podcast if not for YouTube. And the reasons uh, Nassim Agdam did this is very resonant with me in the same way that uh, people in – Hollywood, where, mm-hmm. you know, success and failure, you put so much into something and mm-hmm. you feel like it's being taken away. I also felt like this when we were doing something as really minimal as improv and, mm-hmm. and all the work you put in. And then when you feel like something is taken away, you don't become part of something, how much it really takes a toll on you yeah. emotionally. And you know, she was very disgruntled with YouTube, uh, as a lot of people are. Yeah. For good reason, I guess, depending on who you ask and, and what the situation is. But, you know, her videos, she felt were being demonetized mm-hmm. and she felt like 
her the the visibility of her videos was being like shadow banned almost oh, okay, whereas like right. being suppressed i gotcha. think it might be a better it might be a better word and and there's so many things happening with with youtube as it's grown over the years mm-hmm. and you know they're they're not very forthcoming with the algorithm for a, a lot of good reasons mm-hmm. and i just felt very personal this one cuz one i you know, related to her on a a certain level mm-hmm. obviously you know not to that degree and you know obviously it's not just it's never really just this yeah but this is the thing the catalyst for sure and i think you're right i think we don't realize how invested we are in something like you know you're into it until like there's some kind of trigger point you know be it like numbers or be it some evidence that you're being suppressed or be it you know not getting on an improv team like all these things something inside of you is like feels a certain way and it's a very powerful and it can often be very heartbreaking or, you know, an elation kind of a thing. And you're, you're so bound up in your self-worth. Your self-worth is so bound up in this thing, this like amorphous thing. Success it it has, you know, just like a lot of social media, it has numbers attached. It mm-hmm. has analytics attached. So you're putting a value on yourself through these numbers, it's like every single day you're rating yourself. Yeah. And, you know, we just talked about the documentary, The Social Dilemma. Yes. Which a lot of people are are talking about. And a lot of those things, I was only, I'm aware of, well, because I just am just from working with so many people over the years, although I'm not free or safe from a lot of those pitfalls, by no means, I'm just like everybody else. Hopefully not as bad as some, you know, I mean, you know, not hopefully, but Mm -hmm. not as bad as some people. And some people are just more versed and educated on it than I am. But from watching that, we just constantly put a value on Mm -hmm. ourselves. And every day is, it's like a game of hot or not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Every single day, (laughs) everything you put out there and especially when there's money involved and mm-hmm. you take that money away it's it's a lot of it is just it's very heartbreaking and i've worked with youtube directly and and i'm so eternally thankful for as much criticism as i have of youtube for for certain reasons i'm eternally grateful for all the opportunities i've gotten I've, sure. I've i've worked at a youtube london youtube new york obviously in los angeles mm-hmm. i've made a living from it i've learned so much and I'm just so appreciative of all those things. And I've worked with so many people directly. Mm-hmm. And when I hear a story like this, I think about the people that I've met along the way. And I was yeah. like, it's those people. And in just the last two weeks, I have I was working with YouTube and Google again. We're working. I do a lot of beta testing. I do a lot mm-hmm. of kind of my feedback into what they're doing. And I've been doing that for years. So I'm on a Zoom call looking at these people and <laughs> I've never watched Silicon Valley mm-hmm. but you got it they all kind of look like they could be on the show not even it's not even a yeah. nerdy thing but they all I was like yeah, you all look like the part collared shirts clear glasses yeah like cool, cool like and but also cool good haircut yeah like yeah cool but they don't they, they don't care that they look cool uh-huh. you know highly intelligent and, and highly intelligent in what they do and i'm just Mm -hmm. talking to these people and i'm thinking about this at the same time and i'm like it becomes so personal i guess to me i don't know why i let this do this and that's why i just put it off and i was like Mm -hmm. this is just i don't know and plus i you know i was just like i didn't feel like being so dark but i was like well well we we also have had a run of of darkness i would say i i brought on a lot of uh dark themes last week so i get it but also 
again, there's a kind of a catharsis to hearing stories like this in lots of different ways. So, so th- this will be this will be one of those stories, and and I, I got re reminded of this because when this happened, obviously everyone in you know many different communities was talking about it. It mm-hmm. was it was very very shocking and very recent. And I was listening to the podcast just because somebody turned me on to it, Rabbit Hole, mm-hmm. which was really, really good. And they talk a lot about YouTube. And that's the part that really interests me the most. You know, there's a lot of radicalization, but it's the way you, you, YouTube – some of the things YouTube has done algorithmically that has been a little bit suspect and, and, and should be suspect. But also YouTube, I'll say this, has become successful and made a lot of money and brought in a lot of people and a lot of traffic – off of content that they then decided, you know what, we're, we now can make more money from bigger brands. So we now we want to make this a little more safe and family friendly or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But they did it off the backs of a lot of people, not everyone. I mean, I don't agree with everyone. You know, they've made a lot of money off the backs of alt-right, uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, far left, uh, uh, controversial stuff mm-hmm. stuff that i don't you know agree you know a lot of people got radicalized and it's because of youtube and it's the way they take like oh you like this well instead of and listen it, it's everyone is their own person it's not youtube's job to babysit you mm-hmm. and i get that they're a business they're there to make money but what is their so they claim a social responsibility and what yeah. is that social responsibility so instead of instead of being like well you know what yeah we're serving you a bunch of this oh you like this nazi stuff how about more nazi exactly. stuff exactly we're going to put this in that's they talk about this in the sort of dilemma too absolutely, if yeah. you are not it, i think it's with the it. same person responsible mm-hmm. working on the algorithm is also interviewed on that so i yes. heard that first and and that is it's that, like they're holding your hand down the wormhole of extremism Instead of saying, oh, you know what? You've been watching a lot of Nazi stuff. Mm-hmm. How about something to to balance that out? Or yeah. how about another? And, a you know, nice if this could, go, service. this could go for anyone going down one thing. Hey, listen, if you're a, if you're a, a animal rights vegan person, here's some very extreme thing of blowing up buildings. Mm-hmm. And this will tie into what we're going to talk about mm-hmm. with Nassim Agdam. Her jam was... A couple of different things, it seems. It was a animal rights, mm-hmm. vegan, fitness, fashion, a lot Everything. of different things. A lot of different shop. things. And her look is so striking. Mm-hmm. She has a very striking look. It kind of reminds me of photos initially of like Patty Hearst when she was like in that uh, – uh, Symbionese Liberation Army kind yeah. of look. She has a very strong, almost like powerful, like militant look, like it, not expressionless, like full of expression, but her mm-hmm. face is just not moving. And yeah. some people on Reddit were claiming that like th- what her face does is indicative of her, why she's like this. And mm-hmm. I, I couldn't speak to that because no one really agreed. But where you don't make any facial expressions because you don't want to tip people off and how you yeah. are psychologically or something like that. But when you look at a picture of her, yeah, you will be it will it will hit you, yeah. And her content is is pretty intense. Yeah. I don't know if you got a chance to take a look at yeah. it. Yeah, no. I, when we talk about this last, I did some looking, and it is it's really um, striking is a great word, like disturbing. But yeah, she has this kind of like fashionable, but like purposefully. Like, everything about her feels thoughtful, like, the way she styles herself, like, what's happening, but also, like, not at all. Like, it's very strange. It's strange. It's a little all over the place, but mm-hmm. 
I think it's genuine in that strangeness, which Mm -hmm. I think makes this whole story and this whole situation, you know, so – I don't know. It it again, like it's it's really it's personal, probably to a lot of people, because you know this is the kind of thing that happens, and you worry that it happens. And I mean, really, how she even got onto you know going to any of these places in 2018. Now, back in 2009, you know when I started mm-hmm. going, it's not you can't just waltz in. And she yeah. came in through the garage, and I, I don't know, you know, I don't know if she just kind of blended in, and I really couldn't really dig in deep in like how she did that. Mm-hmm. But also, the police talked to her. Like, I don't know if it was like 18 hours before. So Maybe. hours before she was stopped by the police, I think she was just in her car. And, you know, they were just like, hey, <laughs> you know, yeah. but how, I mean, listen, how are the police yeah. going to know? But they also, the parents were like, because she's 38, mm-hmm. which you have to imagine. And her parents were like, hey, our daughter is missing. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, your daughter is 38. Yeah. And she's only been gone from home a short amount of time, but that should tell you something. Mm-hmm. Your thirty-eight-year-old didn't run away from home. Yeah. I, I guess it, it kind of depends because it, there's not a thing she wasn't in a. No, that speaks to like the culture and the relationship that her parents have with her, yeah. and obviously they knew more about the situation than everyone else did. So it's this like heads up, tip off. But again, everyone's like she's thirty-eight, like she's a grown-ass adult woman. But you know. That should speak to something that her parents were that concerned. There's also a lot of even from her family, and you know, I couldn't really find people that knew. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like knew her, but everyone's like, you know, she was really. Uh, we've never, we didn't see this coming. I, I find it that's always the case. Like mm-hmm. no one has ever seen this coming. But when the daughter, you know, when when she ended up missing, you you didn't do that because you were like, oh, she's just uh, out with. Oh, with her other 40-year-old friends. Yeah. You knew there was something up. So this – I know the story is and you want to protect, you, you know, the, the people in your family. And listen, I don't know what I would do in that case. But it's any true crime thing you watch. It's like, listen, they were totally cool. They were totally chill. And then this thing happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm, yeah, no, I got no. I have a feeling that they never once sneezed and seemed upset about it. Yeah. It's, everything is – and listen, you want to protect the legacy and you don't want people to mm-hmm. automatically assume that somebody, you know, and bl- blame it on something and pigeonhole them and sure. understand that. But I also think like a discussion around this is really valuable too, you know, and so where you're trying to do honor to the people involved. And obviously it's a really complicated and sensitive situation. I think there is some worth in talking about it and figuring out why things like this happen and figuring out how to prevent things, you know. Because we're very important. We will solve it right here on this podcast. Yes. But, you know, I think talking about it, too, has embedded as we all are in social media, in our identity, is our work or our creativity. Like, that is all really worthwhile conversation. A little bit of backstory. She was born in Urmia, Iran. Mm -hmm. And I I always say Iran because um, that's how I – the only way I've ever heard it mm -hmm. said growing up, especially in the 80s. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, there was always <laughs> hostage situation, and yeah. that actually came into where I lived in Stewart Airport in 1981. The hostages were, Whoa. I think, in Iran, right? The Iranian hostage. Mm-hmm. They came into the the town that I lived in. It Whoa. Was kind of very, very historic You're, thing. So you got a connection. And immigrated to the U.S. with her family in 1996. Again, vegan, vegan bodybuilding, fitness, fashion, Animal rights, very strong. Also, a lot of her videos are. I'm just like, like also, there's like some of it's in 
like there's a Turkish website that some mm. of the stuff's on, and a lot of it's also subtitled as well. Finding her stuff, you have to like find it. Yeah, there's certain fate. I found Facebook pages that were like a like a memorial and kind yeah. of a celebration. So it's 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 strong and it's it's very intense stuff to say the absolute least. But she's quoted as saying, there is no equal growth opportunity on YouTube or any other video sharing site. Your channel will grow if they want it to. YouTube filtered my channels to keep them from getting views. The reality of that is absolutely possibly, but there's also so much content is being pumped on YouTube all the time. Algorithms change that one, they might favor you. They used to be short video and mm-hmm. then it became long videos because more watch time. And there's mm-hmm. so many different things happening all at once. And I've been in tons of meetings where I would, you know, we'd ask, hey, how does this, and the people, either they don't know, they won't tell you. Mm-hmm. Because if you know how the algorithm works, you'll game the system. Yeah. You'll you'll capitalize it. And I, I understand that. But you also, they want you to, they want you to do well, mm-hmm. but they don't want to tell you how to do yeah. well. They don't want to give it to, they don't want to make it your power or your responsibility for the utmost of success. Like they want you to do well and you to keep doing things because that's important to them. But having the like ultimate control over it is there. Information wise, you know, there's, you know, you, you do know there's certain things that kind of, you know, key you in on. And there are definitely, you know, people that are very, very popular on the site and that kind of changes where they have some priority, mm-hmm. especially with advertisers and such. But I know the feeling, you know, I know the feeling when like channels is like, oh, so I guess all the work and energy Money that I made for you, traffic mm-hmm. that I gave to you, now is no good anymore. Mm-hmm. Now you're too good for. But you'll executives executives bought braces for their kids with blood money. Yeah, they paid off their summer homes or their rent or their credit cards or their dinners with blood money. Mm-hmm. And you, you could say that about any. It's not just YouTube. It's any of these sites. But yeah. YouTube is definitely – and they've done a lot of good. And I say the good outweighs the bad. Mm-hmm. But you know, they've been taking a task. And I've been – I feel like I've been part of that. But also it's like, well, nobody forced me to, to – yeah. you know what I mean? It's, they're private companies and, and – Yeah. So and, when you say like they like built on the backs of these people and then like fallen out of favor or like they shift focus, you mean to say like they use these videos to create revenue and then like they – these videos gone or they just are you know deprioritized again and like put into obscurity like what does that specifically mean well let's let's just pretend like i'm uh-huh. an i'm an avatar advertiser I'm, okay. I'm you know whatever it is i'm selling i'm selling nike mm-hmm. right nike is not a sponsor no not yet not yet or probably ever probably ever. um yeah because- do we want nike that's a good question too hard to say and Nike's like, yeah, we want to spend money with you. How many people do you have looking at your site per day? You know, mm-hmm. what are those metrics? And when they give them those metrics, Nike's like, oh, that's very good. What they're not saying is those metrics come from, you know, uh, sexy comedy videos, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pranks. Yeah. Uh, exploitative. St- ex- exploitative yeah. of you know, families essentially exploiting their kids and families mm-hmm. for better. You know, not everyone's doing. Listen, I'm very critical of that, but not everyone is doing that. Uh, you know, and you could even throw uh, alt right yeah. uh, conspiracy theories. All of that stuff over the years, and still does in a lot of ways, has built that that number. So then they could be like, "Hey, Nike, do you want to do this?" And Nike's like, "That's very impressive. Here's our money." There's so much more than this, but then, yeah, then but YouTube's good. like, "Huh? Well, we have Nike showing up." 
we can't have the riffraff here anymore. Now they're like, riffraff, now you become a second-class citizen, Mm -hmm. and then we just build up, you know, kid-friendly stuff. Yeah, so second-class citizen means what? Second-class citizen means the videos that we once were very happy to take yeah, your money. Yeah, all right, conspiracy, all that. And listen, I, I, I do not support that stuff. Yeah. I would rather it not be there. Yeah. I don't care. That's, but it's, well, it's hypocritical. It's, it's very, uh, it's very hypocritical to me to, to even to say, but in no, fair, no, but, but yeah, just from YouTube, ab- the platform. Ab- oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's absolutely hypocritical because again, they were taking that money. They were mm-hmm. using it to build their business, mm-hmm. but it was to put in one more light fixture yeah. or, or one more, you know, parking space. Totally. They use that. And now Nike comes in, they're like, oh shit, let's clean house. Nike's here. Nike's here. Let's demonetize any, to be like, oh no, we won't. Put, and it, 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 that's YouTube's fault because mm-hmm. they didn't – they weren't like, hey, why are you putting this this family-friendly Tide detergent mm-hmm. on this, you know, prank video of people falling out of buildings? Mm-hmm. And Tide would be like – I don't know why I picked Tide. <laughs> Tide. Very- I'm just, we're just letting you know that we can shill at a turn Anything. of a corner. You and give the, us a product. Yeah. We will uh, try to, to work, work it, it in, in poorly easy into that. this. Okay. But then Tide will be like, you know, hey, why are my – why is my content on people falling out of windows? Yeah. Which is totally understandable for Tide. Yeah. They're absolutely right to mm-hmm. say that because YouTube wasn't – YouTube thinking, sold them a dream, a different story. They, they were like, we'll advertise your stuff, but yeah. we won't vet where it goes. Mm-hmm. Or we didn't realize that – and, you know, I've heard speeches from the, you know, the yeah. CEO and they're just like, you know, we didn't realize – there's a lot of things. And, exactly. But it's also like, is the onus on Tide or YouTube or both, you know? Exactly. So, but what they did was like, well, we got a clean house. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, it's, you know, you watch a thing where it's like you had your friends and your friends help you get to where you are now. But then you made, you know, new, hotter, cooler, richer friends. Mm-hmm. And then you tell your old friends to take a hike. Yeah. Which I'm not opposed to. I'm oh. looking for when, when is that going to happen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't have any friends to get rid of. No, well, I could leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll leave my own house. <laughs> it's, let's, I get I'll wait it. For that. But it's it's a, essentially something like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm actually surprised more people don't feel. You know, I'm not saying more people Slated. have done this, but demonetization of YouTube and deprive. But it, but it does. I mean, it leads to a lot of depression. I'm sure mm-hmm. you put a lot of value in a lot of things. She actually. Went to a gun range the Tuesday morning before going to the headquarters. The Smith & Wesson 9mm, legally you know, registered, that was found at the scene. People are like, how did this happen? We never saw this coming. It's like, when? no, everything saw this coming. You know? I mean, yeah, literally. I mean, when when somebody's just parked somewhat nearby yeah. in this area and you're like, hey, what what's going on? You know, you've been reported missing. Yeah. Okay, but also it's like, I'm a 30-year-old woman. Like... It's a very kind of strange situation. Mm-hmm. And they do get in with her. I think somebody in their family did warn that this might happen and nothing there you was go. done about it. And we'll get into that <sighs> after a break. Okay. Yeah. Let's break it up. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, True Crime fans, Ashley and Ricky here with Crime Salad. We're a true crime podcast delivering a healthy portion of crime every other Wednesday. If you have an interest in true crime or you're looking for your next podcast to binge, join us as we take you through a 25-minute true crime story tossed with jaw-dropping details that you crave. One of our favorite cases we covered is titled The Butcher of Plainfield, where we talk about Ed Gein and his unusual crimes that have actually influenced a number of disturbing horror films, including The Silence of the Lambs. Be a Crime Salad investigator with us by listening to Crime Salad at work or on your daily commute. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, hello, how are you? Hello. I know that was pretty heavy and it'll get heavier, but... It will, but for now... Let's check in. How are you doing? Hello. Are you hydrating? Are you getting sunlight? Um, Are you doing what you need to do for you? Did you get your flu shot like I did? You got your flu shot? I got a flu shot. I got a, a tooth extracted. Is that the same thing? That's probably, probably more beneficial. Oh. I got an, an eye exam. Oh, that's great. Well, I just got one and, and she was like, these are too strong. Where'd you get them? And I didn't want to tell her it was at Costco. <laughs> and she, when I told her, she, you know, I told the optometrist, she was like, okay, so those are too strong. <laughs> and also I have to go to a glaucoma specialist, which I knew because oh. I, I have a, it's hereditary. So you're hanging in there. Can you spare some oppression for me? You know what I mean? Can, just can, a bit. Just a, just a tiny bit. Just a couple bit. tiny morsels. Yeah, I got um, – I was worried about today a little bit because I got a tooth extracted and a bone graft in that But area. I wouldn't let you not do it. I was like, I'll do all the – I'll do all Yeah, the I'm drooling out of the side of my face right now. No, no. I, I feel great. I feel great. Finally. A tooth that doesn't bother me, it's like a world of difference. It's a little win for me. A little personal win in this dark world. We lean on our our government officials – Mm-hmm. Our mayors, sure do. Jeanette Link, Brad and Gaddis, Ben Forsyth, Silent Sam, hello, Shh. Ashley Matson. Close to Ashley Madison. I every time you say that, I'm like, <laughs> okay, pull it back, Rebecca. Good, good branding. Yeah. And our mayor, mm-hmm. Chris Witt. Ah, uh, bless hope you're all you. Doing well. And all anyone who's been a patron and, and helped uh, to support. Yes, we appreciate it. Absolutely. The book is out. The book is out. Abandoned in historic Los Angeles, Neon and Beyond. It's, it's out where you get books. It's in the world. It's in, out there in the world. Thank mm-hmm. you f- to anyone who's, you know, even listened to me say it. I'll be cutting back on that. But we're going to be doing a bunch of little events in October. We are. A couple like, you know, virtual book stuff, yeah. some fun stuff. Exactly. And we'll let you know when those are if you just want to hear some. And it's going to be Halloween related. So it'll yeah. tie into that. So we're getting a little Halloween fix. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have some Halloween fun. Yeah. I've been doing some location scouting, mm. for, like for the movie Halloween. Hello, that might be coming Hello. up. I went to where the Hillside Strangler. <laughs> That's amazing. It's on our TikTok, which is Ghost Town Pod. But it's patreon.com slash ghost town pod. And mm-hmm. thank you to anyone who support or anyone who's listening in general. Yes, definitely. Thank you to anyone who's given a nice rate and review. Got a lot of nice rate and reviews on, on Apple Podcast. It. And 
my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Just put up some new videos, and that's youtube.com slash Jason Horton. We have our also the Ghost Town podcast one if you'd like to listen to it. And it's yeah. YouTube. Uh, it's Ghost Town podcast. It's, all the stuff is out there. Mm-hmm. It's it's all for you. And we'll have some fun stuff in October. And again, I had some people reach out and, uh, you know, kind of trying to follow up. But if, if you're somebody who has ideas for episodes and likes to do the research on them, mm-hmm. not that we won't also because we want it to be yes. like, we're not going to just blindly look at it, but you know, source your stuff. Yeah. And there's somebody that's into doing that and it's very well organized. Yes. Rebecca likes doing that. I love it. I don't like I love doing it. it. Jason and I have different uh, yeah. likes and skill sets when it comes yeah. to this podcast. But yeah, that would be very helpful. Just let us know if that's mm-hmm. something that interests you because people, you know, reach out with really great stuff and, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll go in and look at all this, but it's so much stuff. But if there's something you're like, I'm really passionate about this or yeah. I'm from this town and you want to do the research, please reach out. You can totally ghost town pod at Gmail or Instagram ghost town pod, however you want to reach out. Please do. Please do. And also, I'm sure, like, you know, if if there's something, a a personal relationship with the suggestion of something that you've researched, like, send in a clip, too. Like, anything that we can incorporate you into the process, it's always much more fun. It's very gratifying. If you you have audio, Mm -hmm. we're happy to to add it in there if it's contextual and and whatnot. We'll we'll happy to do that. Yeah, but we have a lot of fun things coming up, a lot of Halloween stuff. You might be able to see our faces more. We'll be in different venues, again, promoting Jason's book. It's very exciting. It's all kind of coming together, hopefully, in a really fun way. There's a a couple of winners I'll be emailing, Mm -hmm. the people that won the book, a couple of of winners Mm -hmm. that won the book. But you can find it anywhere. You can go to ghosttownpod.com slash book or local bookstores or wherever. And if you want an autograph one, we have a, a couple of boxes coming. Yeah. We got a couple thousand dollars worth of I'll, books coming. Yeah. I'll autograph anything. Yeah. Literally we, anything. Rebecca wrote the forward. She's got some pics yeah. in there. How She's do you like a good forward autograph by nobody? Me? I don't yeah. even know how you really spell forward. Is a word for that? Is it like a very short? You'd say forward. I remember yeah, like when I was good. writing, I, I am, was like. I'm now the published author of a forward. Yeah. So uh, where is my key to the city? Rebecca from Gmail and from <laughs> forward, from a, from one forward. That's right. So we're going to go. We got to go back to San Bruno. Yeah. Agdam, she lived in San Diego, mm-hmm. and she made the trip to San Bruno. What is that? Eight nine hours. Where exactly is San Bruno? In the Bay Area. Okay. Silicon Valley ish. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that's a that's a Mountain real Mountain View Drive. I think is the address. Is I would say eight hours is probably conservative. Conservative. So, mm-hmm. but so when people have that deliberate, it's not a knee jerk reaction. Mm-mm. You know, it's not like you were in Santa Cruz or San Francisco, and you're like, and you're I'm like, just going to go down. And I'm going to go yeah. down to San Bruno and and you know, and kind of exact my revenge or, mm-hmm. or whatever, however she kind of took it. So what happens around lunchtime, it's like lunchtime on a, like a campus. Yeah. On April 3rd, employees of YouTube HQ reported gunshots in the building. Some called 911. A lot of tweets were going out mm-hmm. as, you know, as, as you see. Yeah. The San Bruno police say the officers arrived on the scene in a few minutes receiving the call. I'm sure there's lo- police, local police, and sure. local security. Yeah. And as they were arriving, the employees were evacuating, and they encountered one person with a gunshot wound, and two other injured employees had already left the campus to get medical attention. Hey, so you reported as missing? Yeah, as missing oh. from San Diego? Yeah, I left my family. Okay. Okay. So I don't live with them anymore. You don't live with them anymore? Okay. Can I, can I just ask if you don't mind why you left? We don't get the line together, so I left now. Okay. Do you have ID on you by chance? Yeah. 
So did you just decide to move, or? Yeah, right now, I'm leaving my car, so I feel like it's my Were you just not getting along with your family? Yeah, I'm leaving my car. With your brother? So the body cam footage is what you can find that online, because I was... Officially, her videos are not out, but they yeah, are. But yeah. this body cam footage, she reported missing by the family 11 hours before. I said 18 hours before. Sorry, it's 11 hours. Mm-hmm. Still a long amount of time. Yeah. And she traveled that distance. Why? Oh, you're from San Diego? Why are you in very near San Bruno? Yeah. Why? Like, and again, it, it's not, you know, I don't want to encourage, you know, police harassing people, but... Yeah, a little I mean, more, I, maybe a couple more questions, just a couple more. Assess the situation, but if she has no criminal mm-hmm. record and, yeah. and is, you know, there's no, she's not ranting and raving, like, I guess, why, why would you? Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, at like 1.40 a.m., mm-hmm. you know. They found her car overnight at Mountain View parking lot, about 30 miles southeast of YouTube headquarters. Quick check of her license plate revealed that the owner had been reported missing from the San Diego area. We contacted the woman inside the vehicle who was asleep, sleeping in her car. Yeah. To check on her to determine if she was the same person that was reported missing. She was featured in a 2009 story from the San Diego Union Tribune about uh, a PETA protest against the use of pigs in the military. Trauma training outside Camp Pendleton in California. At the demonstration, Agdam was dressed in a wig and jeans with drops of painted blood on them and held a, you know, blood is not actual blood, held a plastic sword. For me, animal rights equal human rights, she told the Union Tribune at the time. You know, it's just you're very enthusiastic exactly. about what you, like, what you believe in. None of this in. feels like super egregious yet. And even there, I think there's a version of this is very heroic where it's like you're standing up for what you believe in, you know, and you're like doing what you can and you're driving up to the source to right wrongs. And it's like it's obviously not that and much more complicated than that. And it's turned you know but i think there's a part of it that i really get on board with when you talk about stuff like that you know the the activism component the when they talk to police is about a 20 minute conversation um she didn't she didn't mention anything about youtube mm-hmm. or she was upset with them or plan to harm herself but that's uh, how many people do mention i'm yeah. sure if she's like oh i'm going to youtube headquarters on a suicide mission Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Well, but they, did they ask her where she was going?" She, I mean, you watch the video; she's just very uh-huh. no, she does, she's just very quiet. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know if I'm looking at it, you know, with a different lens, but it looks suspicious. Yeah, I mean, but also, it's also could be not suspicious. It could just be oh, somebody's kind of eccentric. Exactly. Uh, Ag- Agdam's brother said he called the police about his sister. And said that she had a grudge against YouTube. So he was obviously, you know, I'm sure it wasn't peep one from her saying. Yeah, exactly. YouTube. I mean, when I was upset about YouTube, my collective of people were upset about things, Mm -hmm. which sometimes we literally voiced to YouTube. And, you know, it's a lot of program people that, you know, they don't listen. They don't, you know, they don't know they're, Mm -hmm. it's above their pay grade, but it's not the first they. I've heard of it, and she obviously had like you know a, a hardline view on what she believed in. Mm-hmm. Her brother called ABC affiliate KGTV that her family reported her missing over the weekend. Family became more concerned when the police had located her vehicle in Mountain View, thirty miles southeast of YouTube headquarters. So she just kind of left her vehicle there and was gone. And thirty miles away too. I googled Mountain View and it was close to YouTube headquarters, and she had a problem with YouTube. 
That's what he told KGTV. Yeah. So I called the cop again and told him there's a reason why she went all the way from San Diego yeah. to go there and she might do something. They didn't do anything. And again, oh, like, is there so – like, up in that area, they're like, we're – what do I, – I, I can't – I don't know what was happening in 2018, but I can't imagine that the police were like, we're way too busy. I figured they'd be like, let's throw some people at the entrance. Yeah. Or also, it's like YouTube is a pretty big company. It's got a pretty oh, I'm big sure there's headquarters. Pl- and like- I'm sure there's plenty of people that are – could theoretically ex-employees, yeah. people with the grudge. It, it, there's just a, uh, people that uh, you know don't agree with what they think YouTube represents. Mm-hmm. Uh, corporations, and you know, I'm sure they either had their own. They definitely have their own security. Yeah. But I remember in 2017, I worked at a company that was you know kind of a YouTube-based company, mm-hmm. and we got death threats. We were in a lockdown because yeah. somebody and I had nothing to do I was just somebody that was like a analytics kind of person like a manager mm-hmm. type person because they said that uh they didn't like the way this company talked about DC comics god and how they always preferred marvel and I was like I I like DC and I don't care yeah. so we were in a lockdown based on this in 2017 on a way smaller scale yeah. So I, I again I understood, and I've gotten listen, I've gotten death threats on YouTube before. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. the first. So, so you know, a lot of people, or mm-hmm. you know, pretty hateful, hateful comments, and you know, people doxing you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a very caustic and vibrant world. So it was kind of surprising, but it's always kind of like, well, you did warn us. We did see her a few hours before. What could, what else yeah, could we do what though? Else do you want? What, what else I mean, do you what want? else can you want to see a gun in her lap? Yeah, or like what would have done? And again, you probably know how I feel about cops, right. just based on where I live and who I am. But like, come on, like how negligent is this in a context where I think, like you said, there is some hyper vigilance happening? I'm sure people get warned about things that never happened. Mm-hmm. This seems like it adds up. There's a couple of things that seem to really add up. But according to The Guardian, on social media, she was more than an Iranian immigrant who lived with her grandmother in Southern California. She was an athlete, a fitness guru, a model, a poet, a vegan advocate, animal rights warrior, and filmmaker. She was glamorous and fought inequality. She was a star. This is according to an article. And on a post she wrote on Instagram that's in Farsi, that's a lot of her stuff's in Farsi and mm-hmm. translated. I think I'm doing a great job. I've never fallen in love and never gotten married. I have no physical or psychological diseases, but I live on a planet that is full of injustice and diseases. Strong words. Yeah. However you want to take it. So according to another one of her posts, there is a vegan parody song called I'll Die. Mm -hmm. It's a quote from, from her. This is my first and last professional parody music video. Thanks to Dear Soma for arranging the song in The Voice. You can download the full clip in the song from my Telegram channel. Copy the videos that you like as soon as possible because I might delete many of them. Page on veganism and behind-the-curtain facts of animal products. And at Nassim Isabs1. So that was like, you know, she had these very mm-hmm. strong videos. She would have a video also how to make a fish scale dress, mm. which is kind of like, you know, fa- a weird kind of fashion. Yeah. Uh, a song called, you know, or, or you know, a video called "Enemy Day." So mm-hmm. pretty, pretty strong, pretty strong content, mm-hmm. and really unfortunate. But I think it speaks to the power you, we give people. Exactly, and we are freely. I am freely. Uh, we're doing it right now. We're doing it right now, we're freely giving. This goes out on a platform. This a, podcast a, a, that we do not own through a network. Through yeah. a network. Through 
uh, you know, different platforms that, you know, show it through different social media and how it all interconnects and, and you know, people invest time listening to it and, and, mm-hmm. and supporting it. And if something changes, they feel like they've been duped or they feel like they've been betrayed. So there's mm-hmm. so much going on and, and I, I wish I had more to offer as far as do less of that, but I'm part of the problem. Yeah, I mean, we we all are. And I think like even if you're not in entertainment or you're not so super interested in this part of it, it's it's cultural to us all. I mean, with politics, people are – everyone's a star of their own political voice or their own photos. Like I'm a model to myself Mm -hmm. or whatever that is. Yeah, and like the the blurred lines of this woman's life and the blurred lines of all of our lives are so evident, you know, with like, again, what is the first thing you ask someone when you meet them is like, what what is your job? You know, like, what do you do? Kind of a thing. Like it's it's just so – it's so easy to get really tied up in it and it's not – like who we are as people. And it's a very dangerous, slippery slope when you add in mental illness, when you add in stress, when you add in, you know, Life. strife. Yeah, the stressors again. And the, the themes and issues that this woman was dealing with, which was, you know, social justice, you know, death of Anna, like something where she felt so compelled to be an advocate for. Like that stuff, when like imbalanced can like take over like like she says herself like she's never fallen in love kind of a thing she's never and know, that's been a not it, for her it's like oh this is a a virtue of mine mm-hmm. like exactly. I've dedicated my she's life so to- myopic in her view and her mission and it's just like yeah it speaks to just complete imbalance and which leads to you know these horrible violent instances. It's not good. Yeah. It's not good. And if there's one takeaway, and this is something that I've always done, like I've been doing this for years only because maybe I don't, it's my OCD or, would, or, you know, part of the things that I just can't deal with, but also that documentary Social Dilemma mm-hmm. and many other, I mean, I've heard this done many times and I've always stuck with it, is if you can turn off your notifications on your phone, mm-hmm. turn them off, don't let your phone or, you know, tell you when you're allowed to. I mean, again, sometimes you might need it for, for work or mm-hmm. something like that. But in generally speaking, if you don't need it, plus I like to like, I like the surprise if I got an email. Oh, I really do. I get a yeah. little thrill out of it. And that's why I don't have post notifications on. Mm-hmm. But I know that if I had it, there was one time I think I turned something on by accident and I hated it yeah. immediately. I don't want, I want to go look at whatever Instagram or something to do with this podcast and I want to be surprised from it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want, I don't want to always know that I'm being, being valued or not valued. Yeah. I want to at least go through the extra effort because that's one less kind of shackle you have tied to the internet, social media, your phone, you know, totally. not looking inward, I suppose. And value is a moving target on these platforms. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think too, remember when Vine just got shut down where it's like people have spent so many years building up their Vine presence. It's like, no. In an instant, it could be gone. Yeah. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. These are uncertain times. And, like, we are not our social media. We should – I guess we should do a recap of The Social Dilemma for uh, – We well, yeah, definitely – yeah, for the uh, – Patreon level. Yeah, Alderman mm-hmm. up level. Yeah, there's a lot of documentaries coming up. I'm pretty, Ooh, pretty excited about Very excited for I didn't it. realize that you, Vine was a, was a hot-button issue for you. I am keyed up about Vine. If you know one thing about me, love my cat, keyed up about Vine.
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.